Savvy, Booked, and Blessed, a podcast for bold female leaders making bold moves. I'm your host, Devin A. Thaxton, founder and CEO of Pro Savvy Strategic Performance Agency. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to Savvy, Booked, and Blessed. In this episode, we are joined by the creator of Copyright Matters. Belinda Weaver is a copy coach helping aspiring and working copywriters supercharge their income, create financial stability, and avoid career burnout. With 10 years in the business of writing, Belinda has courses, coaching, and mentoring that build skills and confidence so more writers can ditch the hustle and burnout and enjoy the journey of their work. Over 200 copywriters have completed her signature course, The Copywriting Incubator, leading to them successfully launching their writing careers. She believes that the whole point of being your own boss is to create a job that's better than the one you left. Hi, Belinda. Hi, Devin. It's so nice to be here. It's so nice to chat with you. Okay, so tell us, copywriting is such a mystery. Everyone knows they need it, and a lot of people pretend they can do it, <clears throat> me, uh, pretend <laughs> like they're super good at it, but it is such a skill. So tell us a little bit more about how you got into copywriting and how you found out that it's it's your jam. Well, I actually started my career as a computer programmer because awesome. that seemed a very practical thing to do. Thanks, Dad. And then I was always in the IT-related teams looking at the marketing team going, they look like they're having a lot more fun than I'm having. So I did my first career pivot into marketing. And I, then I was working in marketing, writing copy all the time, but I didn't know what it was. I didn't know it was called copy. I didn't know what I was doing was called copywriting. And then I attended like a sales day conference, which was just a way to wag off work for a day. (laughs) One of the speakers was a copywriter. And that was the moment that changed everything for me. And I remember that moment really well. I could still can get a little sweaty about it where I was like, the favorite part of my job can be its own job. Mm. And so that was when I started becoming a lot more intentional about the copy I was writing at work. I pitched my boss to pay for a copywriting course. And then I actually learned the craft of copywriting while I was still in my day job. And then within six months, I had clients and was doing my marketing and it was time to go. So that's when I became a full-time copywriter. And that was over 12 years ago now. And the fun moment in all of this is hopefully a lot of your listeners have this moment as well when they discover the thing. And once you discover the thing, you can't go back to your old life. It's when you buy a new pair of shoes and you look at the shoes you wore walking into the store and you're like, I can never wear these again. These are terrible. It's that kind of moment. And so I'm really pleased that I embraced it and made it my new career because it was my last career change. Yes. I had a moment yesterday that was just like, this is the best like working with a client and just being able to one, get them to marketing and operations is my jam. That's what I love doing. And so creating boundaries and tasks and don't give me a highlighter and some sticky notes because I'm going to have a real good time. We are of the same people. (laughs) But being able to have that conversation and having that moment of, yeah, I can't go, I can't go back. Like this is, this is it. And it's so Exciting. So tell me what makes for a good copywriter? 
And that's such a like loaded question. (laughs) That's such a good question as well, because what often happens with copywriters is we fall into it. Like we write, we love writing. A lot of copywriters have my maybe a book on the back burner. So there's this interest in writing and then they discover copywriting. And so a lot of writers or word nerds, as I would say, have this epiphany moment where they're like, oh my God, I can get paid doing this. Okay, fantastic. Now, I would say that's not a requirement though, because I have never been that person to say, oh my gosh, through elementary school, I've always been writing and I was on the school newspaper and I've always had little books and none of, I was never that person. And I would have never described myself as a air quotes writer, but there's something about loving the crafting of a sentence, whether you call yourself a writer or not, when you feel a certain amount of pleasure when a sentence comes together and you're like, that's it, that is it. Or when you just love the feeling of how certain words sound and things like that, Mm. I think that's a great start. But the flip side of what makes a good copywriter is also an interest and love of marketing. So people often come to copywriting from journalism or marketing and both are really good backgrounds. But it's that interest in what moves people from being a little bit interested in something to being so interested that they're ready to buy that kind of human psychology, how our brain responds to messages, the factors in what and how we consider making a decision. Those are the things I really nerd out on. And that I think is what will accelerate a copywriter to the top of their game. Sure. Are there like different lanes or types of copywriters I'm I'm asking for myself because I'm really looking (laughs) to hire a copywriter like retainer and so I'm looking and maybe other people who are listening are are doing the same like how do I find the best copywriter for me I love this question because just like any industry you will be able to find someone who just does your thing so there'll be generalist copywriters I was always a generalist Mm -hmm. so I did a lot of different types of things the benefit of a generalist copywriter is that they will be a flexible and adapt the benefit of a niche copywriter a copywriter who only does emails or only does launch copy or only does software as a service copy or e-commerce those kind of niche copywriters will get really good at the thing that they do and so That's the benefit. You can get a generalist who is flexible and adaptable and will take whatever you've got or a niche copywriter who was like, I'm going to take this particular stream of work to the top of its game. And so the first step when you're thinking about who do I need is asking yourself, what kind of work do you need doing? No, that makes sense. I think sometimes it's on the other end when I'm working with clients and we're bringing on a copywriter for them, I think also the question you have to ask yourself is, are you ready to let go (laughs) and have someone come in to help in that area? Because the other, the biggest objection, like speaking from a copywriter's point of view, the biggest objection that we often have with clients is that question, is it going to sound like me? I want it to sound like me and the, and good copywriters are basically chameleons in tone of voice where they know how to break down the mechanics of how you sound so that it's repeatable because it absolutely is. It comes down to how long your sentences are, what kind of um, vocabulary you use and the emotional tone. 
So that's when we start talking about the science of copywriting. It's all repeatable. And a copywriter with more experience will be able to hear the way you speak, look at the way you write, and replicate the best version of that in your copy. But these are questions you should ask a copywriter as well. Like, how do you go about mimicking my tone of voice? And that is also how you can find the best copywriter for you. And doing the little things like trials. Small projects are great ways to get started because then you can quickly get a feel for how you'll work with that person. Just like hiring a virtual assistant or any other team member. You've got to be a good fit and they've got to be able to do the work that you need them to do. Sure. Sure. So what, at what point during your, you started your business, your copywriting, you're loving it. At what point did you say, I want to teach this. I want to help other writers out there hone this craft. It was actually pretty early on, like within the first two to three years, I was being asked to do presentations about copywriting into private memberships and groups. And I loved it. I really loved it. It took someone else to connect the dots for me. Mm-hmm. It's like, you should, you really like that and you're really good at it. You should create a course. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. The, the tipping point for me was when we moved from Australia to the US, had a 10 week old baby. And suddenly I found myself trying to meet client deadlines in a different time zone in nap time. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I got to change my business model. This is not working for me anymore. And so over the next couple of years, I worked with clients and I ran my course. And then in about 2018, I went all in on my course and my coaching membership and slowly let go of client work. Has there been a huge shift in your niche, like in your network, as far as either maybe the types of copywriting or more of a certain type? So if we're talking like email or launch or something, I'm just curious of how the, I don't know, the community or the work has like shifted over the last few years. I don't think it really has shifted in terms of niches. I think a lot more copywriters are becoming more able to declare a niche. And so you'll find, like, I want someone who writes this particular type of copy. You'll be able to find those people more often. What I think has been a big shift is the level of professionalism. So from when I'm not, I was very professional when I started, but there were no communities. There were no memberships where I could get coaching. So I just figured it out as I went along. Now copywriters can join a whole range of communities to get coaching and processes and templates. And so things that only agencies did when I started out, regular copywriters are doing. For example, most good copywriters will have a very structured process flow through their project. And so they will be the lead onboarding you into their world and telling you exactly what they need and how the project will work. Whereas before, it might have been more a client saying, this is what I need and this is how you work. So a lot more copywriters are stronger in terms of process, which makes it easier, so much easier for clients and the copywriter. A lot of copywriters do things like voice of customer research now, where they will actually research your customers 
and ask them questions. And that's a great thing because it gives you incredible insight into the pains and frustrations and problems and also the dreams and aspirations and outcomes they want. But it also gives you the language of your customers, which is incredibly powerful. And when I started out, that was something only big agencies did. So I think that the standard of the industry has increased a lot over the years and it's come through copywriters talking to each other and getting coaching and things like that. Sure. As new um, copywriters are starting out or taking your courses or doing coaching, what is one common problem or one thing that they struggle with that you really help? Confidence, because we find out with that thing, copywriting or whatever it is. And we're like, oh my God, my whole body burns to do this. And then you start setting up a website, you start maybe setting up the processes to get clients. And then there comes a point where you go, oh no, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if I can do this. There are lots of other people who do this as well. I'm going to be terrible at this. This is just some of the conversations that start happening internally. And then that's an ongoing relationship with imposter complex. And we have to work hard on our mindset to sidestep those narratives. Otherwise they drag us down. And for me, from a coaching point of view, I make sure that people learn the craft because a lot of confidence comes from being good at what you do. Um, But there's also dipping into your world, having processes and systems. So you don't feel like you're making it up. You're like, this is what I do from the first inquiry to the last thank you. I know exactly what I'm doing step by step. And that's the kind of foundational confidence that oozes through in your marketing. But the big piece is the mindset, the systems, the marketing. Yeah. As a entrepreneur owning your own business, tell us what your kind of day-to-day looks like. Are you working on client projects? Are you doing more coaching and the coursework? What is your day-to-day look like? I've got two young kids. So my morning is mum and yeah. getting everyone to school. And then I come back and they're quite young. So the fact that they are in daycare and school, giving me a few hours of work a day is quite a new thing for me. <laughs> and I love it. So First, first part of the day is all mum duty and then I come back. I am mostly creating content for my membership. I'm doing one-on-one coaching calls. Right now, I am prepping to run an event that launches my copywriting course, the Copywriting Incubator. So I'm doing a lot of, I'm doing the registration page. I'm writing the emails. I'm making sure that everything talks together. And I do have help. I have a, a growing team, but I do a lot of the writing So I am writing for a client. It's me. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I'm also looking at my coaching calendar for my membership, looking at guests, making sure I've got all the information, making sure I've got the new resources coming out, making sure I know what I need to know for a coaching call, things like that. Sure. In your journey, starting your business, all of these things, what is something that you wish you would have known when you started? I wish there'd been communities like the one I offer. So my, I have confident copywriting and that's a coaching membership. And I learned a lot of really valuable lessons by figuring a lot of stuff out on my own. But I don't like figuring stuff out on my own, learning hard lessons. I want a blueprint. I want a shortcut. Yes. So that would have been nice. But it's also that sense of, having people who get it 
that you can ask questions of. And whether you create your own little community or whether you join a community, just having people who get what it is that you do, because your family doesn't always get it, who can say, no, you're not actually being unreasonable. You need to set that boundary with your client. Mm -hmm. That is really invaluable. And that's what I love providing, but that's what I think I really missed from those first couple of years. Sure. In your, either from your membership or community group or coaching, what is one story, maybe a success story that still sticks with you? One, it's really funny because I never claim claim the accolades of my of the people who join my memberships and I actually celebrate people leaving and we call it graduating because Mm. the group's called confident copywriting and if you leave as a confident copywriter ready to stand on your own two feet I feel like I've won Mm. I feel like a big success story though is one member Brie who when she joined just as COVID was hitting she had lost all her clients as a lot of us did in COVID. And she was really wondering whether this was what she wanted to do, copywriting. And then by the time she left the membership, she was having regular $10,000 months in terms of income. She had discovered that she was really good at cold pitching clients and she created a digital product around that. And so now she's running her own course and she's creating her own membership and she has her own low cost digital offer, which is just a complete transformation. But the biggest part of that is she takes regular time off work. She has very strong work boundaries and she's just created a business she loves to work in. And I think that's really the goal of what we all want. We want a business that doesn't burn us out. We want a business that brings us joy and fills us up and also a business we can walk away from when it's time to go have some fun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that is the ultimate goal. Yeah. I, I like, yeah, to have a business that's better than the one you left is exactly what you say. And I think that is, <laughs> I definitely didn't leave the, the, cush, the cushion of corporate or the typical nine to five, whatever that is, to mm. feel so lost and burnt out and exhausted. Right. And it's, it's a bit of a trap though, because we love what we do so much. Mm. Like I'm working harder than I ever worked for anyone else. Facts, facts, yeah. But I love it. And therein lies the trap. I have gone through a lot of years where I've just worked too much by not being efficient, not prioritizing and feeling, of course, with little kids, you're often, I I call it time confetti, Mm -hmm. where I'm just working in little bits that I can. And it's easy to just always work. Mm. And the trap is when you love it so much, you become obsessed and then you're a workaholic. There is somewhere in between. <laughs> That's yes. what we need to get to. Finding that for sure. Okay. We are going to move on to my favorite. One of my favorite parts is the speed round. So I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions Should just do. to learn a little bit more about you and you just answer as freely as you want to. Okay. Come on, um, brain. Yeah. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. Tell us what is one of your favorite quotes or mantras? doesn't have to be by anyone famous. It could be your own, (laughs) but something that you try and um, live by. I'm not going to remember the quote. That's okay. But I do love the work of James Clear. I'm going to try and murder the quote now. I heard it when James Clear went on Brené Brown's podcast. Mm. I was like, that's it. I love both of those people. And it was something like, You've got to work the process or the process works you. 
And I'm sorry to James Clear if I just murdered that, but this idea that if you don't create some structure around your habits and the way you work, then you lose control and you're always in this sense of chaos. Yeah. And it's hard, but that's something I'm always striving to do. I love that. What is one of your guilty pleasures, like movies, TV, books, activities, something that you love doing that maybe not a lot of people know, but you're like, I love it. One of my go-tos, I'm going to go for TV. I like English murder mysteries, like think Agatha Christie, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want it gritty. I don't want that. I want an English mansion with lots of well-dressed people and someone dying. That's what I love. And so my go-to is things like Agatha Christie movies, Midsummer Murder, Father Brown, which is basically TV of a 90-year-old woman. That's what I love. If I have some time to myself, that's what I will sit down and put on. I love that. I love that. What, how do you take care of yourself, mind, body, and soul? Oh, I love this. This is something I really invest in myself on because once I started having kids, I was like, I got to look after myself. Mm. Um, Meditation is one of the first things I did after having a kid. And I still meditate every morning. So I get up an hour before everyone else. I meditate, I journal, and I plan my day. And for me, that time is a non-negotiable because when I start trying to do other things in that time, my mental health and and how I feel about my day just goes to bits. So that's a a big part of how I nourish myself is just having that me time. Perfect. Okay. Last question. I just won the lottery and I got a plane ticket with your name on it and $10,000. Where are you going and how are you using the money? Japan. Ooh. I'm going to Japan. I went to Japan for 10 days with my husband. We did three months around Southeast Asia. By the time we got to Japan, <laughs> we spent all our money. So I would love to go back to Japan and I would spend it all on the experience of being in Japanese culture. Because when we went there, as I said, we ran out of our budget. And so instead of eating wonderful Japanese food, we ate very cheaply. Instead of staying in a nicer place, we stayed in a very cheap place. And that's part of the experience of traveling. But I would love to go and eat wonderful Japanese food, drink beautiful Japanese sake, go to tea ceremonies, go to the cherry blossoms. I would love to go and have a limitless experience, although $10,000 may not get me very far in Japan. (laughs) This idea of a, a kind of not being inhibited by oh, that, that kind of costs too much, which is how we often move through life. It's like, oh, that's, that's a bit much. I'll pull back on the experience, but that's what I would do and that's where I'd go. I love that. Ooh, Japan, that's a new one. I haven't heard that one yet. And that is definitely on my for sure. I would love Even that. Even for 10 days, it was yeah. so memorable. I love that. Belinda, if anyone wants to work with you, join your incubator, where can they find you? 
My website is copyrightmatters.com and basically all the links are on there. I'm on social media as well, Facebook and Instagram primarily. And I would love for anyone to say hi. I'm probably on social media a bit more than I should be. But yeah, the website is is quite new actually. It's got hummingbirds everywhere because hummingbirds bring me joy as well. And I have lots of free resources. So if you're just interested in figuring out what copywriting is, there's lots on there that you will either respond to and it might let you know if that's your thing or not. Love that. Perfect. Thank you so much for being on the show. It was so great. It was my pleasure. Thanks for chatting. So thank you for everyone listening and we'll see you on the next one. to Savvy Booked and Blessed. If you are a successful six to seven figure female entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit podcast.prosavvyas.com dash podcast slash yes. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot on your phone and text it to your friend or post it on the socials. If you know of someone that would be a great guest, go ahead and tag them in social media and let them know about the show and include hashtag Savvy, Look, and Bless. I love seeing your posts and I love your guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss out on any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Give your thumbs up ratings and reviews. We definitely go a long way to help promote the show. It means a lot to me and my team. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.